0: I'm Jason Ariola and I'm Dominic Chavez and this is Rock Out with your card out. Jason,
1: how are you? I'm good, man. Alright, so, like we were talking about last episode, we are going to be talking about A Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Uh, do you have any familiarity with this game? Uh,
0: no, actually.
1: Oh, okay, that's unfortunate, man. This is We recently did this for a game club, and that kind of made me want to actually do this episode with you, because it's a nice supplementary thing, you know, sort of, uh, you know, sneaking in its own tail for the site content stuff, but... Also, I kind of dug a lot of it, and there were some tracks in here I uh, definitely wanted to talk about, and I'm pretty sure you know exactly which one I'm talking about, but we'll get to that one when we get to it.
0: (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) All
1: right, so this uh, soundtrack was composed by Ryo Nagamatsu. He wanted to kind of put a mix of new stuff and iterating on past themes from the Legend of Zelda series, and I think he did a pretty admirable job of combining those two.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Originally, I thought this was, like, used a full orchestra for doing this thing and just turned out it was a synthesizer. The only actual instruments in this were a flute in the milk bar tracks, which we're not going to be playing any of, um, in this episode. Um, and he also performed the vocals in, um, set <clears throat> track. We were alluding to, but we'll, we'll get there. And then he had a, a guest guitarist, uh, Toru Minagishi, Mine- I believe is his name is how, yeah, how you pronounce that. Hmm. I, I don't know. But beyond that, I, I, I not familiar with the, the uh, Mr. Minigishi, I guess. I don't I don't know. I'm not familiar with Minigishi. How's that? We'll just go. Neither with am I. This the soundtrack is not insubstantial. We kinda looked at it and we're like, oh, oh boy, what did we just sign up for? Hmm, oh, crap. Yeah.
0: What did we get ourselves into this time?
1: Yeah. Yeah, when I put it in the dropbox and as I'm having to put it in there like track by track by track, I was like, Oh my god, I didn't realize how big this thing was. Like I've I've listened to it a few times, but I didn't realize it's, how much it's was
0: massive. There. Yeah.
1: You would not think for a three D S game that there was this much
0: no joke. It's surprising. You know, I was surprised when I saw the track list. I was like, oh, oh this is going to be fun.
1: <laughs> it's like, okay, Jason, how about you pick out the ones, and we'll we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so the first couple tracks here we're going to be talking about are Hyrule at Peace and At the Sanctuary. Um, at the Sanctuary, I just want to give a quick caveat. If you listen to the Game Club, I actually mentioned I didn't mind this version. yeah, I, uh, I was... Uh, wrong on that. I was maybe thinking about something else. So without going on too much longer, let's go ahead and we'll play Hyrule at Peace at the Sanctuary, and we'll come back and talk about this. So first off, we're going to talk about Hyrule at Peace. Um, I really dig how this is kind of just a laid back, not really, I don't want to say much going on, but it's not really as intense as the the Legend of Zelda theme normally is. It's just kind of like a, eh, everything's cool, don't worry about it. And I, I just really dig that vibe of this.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, to me, it, it almost sounds festive. And I i honestly really like the percussions and the, the acoustic guitars, because they keep to the same beat. And it just... I don't know. I could totally see myself walking through Hyrule with this song chiming in the background.
1: Yeah, just kind of like laid back, not really thinking too much. Just like, ah, everything's cool. I like this.
0: Exactly. Everything's cool.
1: <laughs> and was that a mandolin I was hearing in there too?
0: Um, I honestly think it's it, it was an acoustic guitar.
1: Okay. Because I could have sworn I mean I could be wrong, like I said, that's that's why I've got you on this, is because you've heard <laughs> this stuff better than I do. But like I was listening to it and I was like, man, it kinda sounds like a mandolin, but you know, my my Big familiarity with a uh, mandolin is, uh, you know, Bruce Hornsby and the range and, you know, mandolin <laughs> rain. So it's kind of uh, kind of the beginning and end of my familiarity with that instrument. So, yeah, with
0: string instruments, sometimes it's really hard to tell what the hell is playing. I mean, depending on the chord progression and everything it that that'll really determine whether or not it's a mandolin or an acoustic. And it sounds like they're playing, you know, natural acoustic chords okay. to back everything
1: so that's why I'm assuming it's
0: acoustic. Gotcha. Could be wrong, though.
1: Who knows? Yeah. And as we said, none of this was actually, like, real instruments. Yeah, none of it's stuff. real. Yeah, yeah. This is all fake shit, guys. Come on. <laughs> none of this matters. Ugh, oh, anyway. <laughs> I know. What are we talking about here? Okay, so, at the Sanctuary is the second one we listened to. And that one... Okay, so, that is, like, the weakest track in the... I link to the past soundtrack was the Sanctuary theme. It's just kind of this, like, warbling, like, <laughs> chanting, like, it just... Did not do it for me at all, and it's, it's the one that I'm just like I could get me out of the sanctuary as fast as possible when it comes up. Boy, I think I like this one even less. On so the game club, like I mentioned before, I I thought I enjoyed this one at least, or was at least more tolerant of it. And coming back and listening to this thing by itself, oh
2: god, just don't man. like it,
1: huh? No, oh, no, no. Just that it's still got that warbling vocal, and it just like it, it's just that.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm really not a fan of this one, you know. But I do dig the the light chord progression, okay, or just the light progression, shall I say, in the song. But that's it. I, I do like how it
1: builds. I just don't like the the voices. I'm just not a big fan of that. I understand what they were going for, even originally. Like they wanted to have this, like, you know, like monks in the background chanting sort of feel to it
0: mm okay.
1: Because this takes place in a, you know, a sanctuary, a church, basically, if you will. Right. So I, I understand what they were going for, but, and it just like... I, I really feel like Nagabatsu could have done something a little bit differently and not had that just kind of, like, warbling chant sound going.
0: You know, if he did add an acoustic guitar, it might make it sound a little bit better. I mean, everything sounds better with guitars.
1: There you go. I mean, I, honestly, I would have... If anything to have improved this track, man, I, I just
0: yeah just not the best not the best at all not even close
1: i want i wanted to mostly focus on the good stuff of this one but this was one where i feel like i really like put my foot in my mouth with the uh in the game club where i was like oh yeah this one's not too bad and then going back to (laughs) it i was like oh no jason jason you were thinking something else this is terrible holy crap!"
0: retraction
1: yeah exactly i wanted to put it out there that no i was wrong and i own up to it so this this version is not 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 good not at all so no good no good the opposite of no good or the next two things we're going to be talking about or listening to, uh, we're going to be listening to Ravio's theme and meeting princess Zelda. So we'll go ahead and play those two and we'll come right back. All right, so that first one we listened to, as I said, was Ravio's Theme, and my one note on this one is basically just silly. I, I really dig just how kind of like cheesy and just goofy this one is.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very fun song. It is really goofy. I honestly, I think it's perfect for, uh, it's a perfect track for a shopkeeper. Silly, goofy, it, you don't really have to have anything intense playing in the background. Just something that that'll take up the space of sound, I guess
1: yeah and I think this one does it perfectly. And also, since you're not familiar with the game, Ravio's kind of this like laid back guy who's like also very greedy. He sort of uh basically takes over Link's house, oh wow and sets it up as his shop. So he's very he's very interested in uh helping you save the world, but he wants to make sure he makes a profit while doing it.
0: Mm, okay, so
1: there's a reason for that. um, maybe I, I won't spoil it for you, just uh, you know. Just in case you want to play this game, it, it's sort of like the one big plot twist you might not see coming. So,
0: hmm. interesting.
1: Ravi is a kind of a fun, goofy character in this game, and I, I enjoy his theme. It, it, like I said, it just it fits very well for what uh, what his character is in this.
0: Yeah, just after hearing that little bit about him, it definitely does seem to fit him.
1: <laughs> All right, and then the track after that we listened to was meeting Princess Zelda, um, which you know. This thing has been in use since at least a link to the past. I don't remember if it was in the prior two games at all, but I don't think it was. I think this is I think a link to the past is where this track sort of made its debut or the original version of it. I really, really like this one. It is just very pretty, just very well orchestrated. I, Well, you know, whatever. I'm just going to say orchestrated <laughs> and just, you know, you know, fight me on, on it not being a real orchestra. It sounded like a fucking orchestra, all right? It fooled me.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. They did a really good job emulating an orchestra.
1: Yeah. It's definitely, like, one of those themes I've, I've always dug, and it's one of those I think is very easy to kind of do incorrectly. And I think this one did just... This might be my favorite version of Zelda's theme.
0: Yeah, you know, I I really like it. To me, there seems to be a very emotional chord progression, and you could really feel it. It seems to be such an iconic track. You know, every time I hear it, I just think of Zelda, you know? It's perfect for a slow-going track, and the mandolin is just the cherry on top. Oh, so there's a mandolin in this
1: one. God damn it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that has to be a mandolin. Well, Uh you know, fake mandolin. Yeah,
1: yeah. A quote-unquote mandolin, so... (laughs) But yeah, like I said, this is one of those themes that has always kind of stuck with me. And it, it's always felt like very, it's got this weird emotional thing to it that I've always kind of dug. It's a really well done arrangement of a good composition, basically. I, I've always mm-hmm. just dug this theme.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's a, I really like it. It's just, I don't know, it just grabs you. It doesn't have to be heavy. It doesn't have to be intense. It was written this way for a reason and you totally feel it.
1: Yeah, the use of the instruments they used, like, it just, I don't know, I I said it, this this is probably my favorite version of this one. I've listened to just about every Zelda soundtrack, and this is, hands down, my favorite version of this one.
0: I could see why. It's phenomenal.
1: From there, we are going to be switching over to uh, something else that's phenomenal. The Hyrule theme, which we'll get there. And then the three dungeons of Hyrule. So, let's go ahead and get those started for you. (music) So that first one we listened to was the Hyrule theme. And man, I love, love, love this one too. It's not my favorite version of the Hyrule theme, but man, I really dug what Nagamatsu did with this one.
0: Yeah, you know, like I said, with the the previous track, uh, Meeting Princess Zelda, this is definitely an iconic piece of work. You know, the, like I said, the first thing that I see is, is Link. Honestly, you know, making his way through Hyrule. You know, Ryo really nailed this one down.
1: Absolutely. Like I said, this one evokes the A Link to the Past version so, so much, and it just really feels like this is what Kochi Kondo, the original composer, was going for and was trying, basically was trying to do with what the Super Nintendo was capable of as far as sampling abilities go.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you freaking
1: nailed it. Yeah. This one I really dig. Um, there's another version of this that we're going to play here in a few minutes, or in a few segments, that I also really dig, and I might dig a little bit more just because of the intensity level, but this one... It really emulates the Link to the Past version so so well, and just brings it up to a little bit more modern technology. I guess I don't know. It's just it, it's more capable yeah. just because of what uh, the synthesizer is more capable of.
0: Yeah. Well, to me, it really doesn't matter what game the track is on. I, it it's always sounded good to me. I just I just like the way it's structured.
1: Yeah. Even the original version on the uh, you know the NES and the Famicom, like I just mm-hmm. I've always dug this theme song. Like it's probably the. One of the first, like, pieces of video game music that ever really, like, was like, oh, I really, I'm really into this. really grabbed you. Yeah. Same here. (laughs) And following that was the Three Dungeons of Hyrule. In the original, I kind of, I kind of did this throughout the game club, too, where I kept saying the original, and I kept referring to A Link to the Past, because this is, in Japan, A Link Between Worlds is known as uh, A Link to the Past, too, so you'll forgive me if Hmm. I keep dipping into calling it the original, but the... I linked to the past version. This is the dungeon music um, in the light world. And this is basically the dungeon music in Hyrule, which is the equivalent of the light world in this one. It, I just get a good feeling of like trepidation and just being like, you've got to be very cautious of what you're doing. It gives a good sense of like link exploring these, like of these gigantic dungeons. And you really have to think about what you're doing. Uh, Danger lurking around every corner. There's tricky puzzles you got to work yourself through. It just, it's basically what it just evokes for me in my
0: mind. Yeah. It really makes you ask yourself what's next. Yeah, there you go. It's just that type of song. It's in. And another thing, it's interesting how this song, this track unfolds. It just really unfolds. It's cool. I really enjoyed it.
1: Have you listened to the original one of this? No, no. Okay, not I, at all. Yeah, I think I think you should give that one a go. And then what, once you hear it, it's really cool just to hear like how updated this one is, and it just really kind of like I said, it's not spooky. It just gives you that sense of just like that unease of exploring something unknown. It just I really dig what they were what uh, Nagamatsu brought to this one.
0: Yeah, I really need to check that out. That'll uh, bring some light to this this track.
1: Yeah, there's a few of these. I think listening to the originals will kind of add a little bit to what what you're listening to on this. So we're not going to play them on this episode just because there is a lot to go through on this episode. So we're going to, we're going to not do that this time, but we might do that in the future. But uh, yeah, for this one, we're going to go ahead and just kind of let this uh, soundtrack stand on its own, because I feel like the reason why I wanted to do a game club for this originally was I feel like this is like one of those, Zelda games, that just kind of got swept under the rug. Like people remember Skyward Sword and then Breath of the Wild, basically.
0: Honestly, I I completely forgot all about this, this game. (laughs) I really did,
1: and after getting through the game club, like this might be my second favorite Zelda. I, oh wow! I is that really, good, huh? really, really, really like this game a lot. We released the episode on the fifth anniversary of the game releasing, and I kind of wanted to do that just to highlight like just how great of a game it was. And then, like I said, listening to the music of it too, I was like, you know, I really want to do the soundtrack for this thing too because it it really just feels like it's underappreciated quite a bit.
0: Yeah, you know the the OST was the perfect
1: OST to cover. Yeah, I, I guess man, this is just one of those soundtracks that. Like, it, it really does feel like it kind of got pushed under the rug along with the game. It's just going from the, we'll say, divisive Skyward Sword to the much beloved Breath of the Wild. And, and this was like right smack in the middle of these two. And it's just like, what? Nobody talks about this game. And I really wanted to kind of do this game justice.
0: Yeah, it seems like it just got buried. Like I said, I I completely forgot about this game.
1: Yeah, that's a shame.
0: It is a shame.
1: I, I really think you should play it. It's it's one of the uh, like the greatest hits or whatever. I think Nintendo selects, and it's twenty bucks these days. So,
0: oh, definitely worth it then. Yeah, I got to pick it up.
1: All right, and now the next two tracks we're gonna be playing are Hyrule Hot Foots and At the Milk Bar. first one we heard was Hyrule Hotfoot and man let me tell you I just had a lot of fun like listening to that I didn't I didn't really participate in the race that you need to participate in to hear this one go out I I think I did it once and it's just kind of like oh this is okay and then there's multiple versions of it it gets harder as you go each time you do it but I like I said I really dug this track and it leans real heavily on um, traditional Irish music and you didn't get a chance to listen to them but the uh, the milk bar musicians that are there's basically like I think like ten at the end of each disc of this soundtrack. It basically like shows that um, Nagamatsu's a big fan of traditional Irish music.
0: Yeah, you know, you could definitely hear the tradition in this track. It's it really stands out. To me it's a standalone track and it works. It's it's super fun to listen to. It's
1: yeah, just kinda of one of those like peppy little things. It's like, you know, if you were um You know, just like a video game character or an anime character, you just kind of popping along to it, just like oh, just you know, like everything's good. So
0: yeah, seriously, I really like the backbeat to it. It's just it's just catchy. It's
1: cool. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's just there's there's a lot of little fun things in this soundtrack that I just dig. It it's kind of a nice break of like not everything has to feel so epic and sweeping or or melancholy. You know, it's just like oh, here's some fun stuff.
0: Right. You know, some uh, originality is always nice something that's different.
1: Yeah. I think it's nice to show uh, Nagamatsu has some range outside of just like, Hey, oh, Hey, I'm just going to remake Koji Kondo stuff. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I do feel like the soundtrack is good just for a lot of Nagamatsu kind of, uh, redoing some of Koji Kondo's heavy lifting. Basically. I just, I think Nagamatsu kind of does a lot of cool, interesting little things on his own that are, you know, not tied into the traditional Zelda stuff. So, I just kind of want to highlight those instances where he did do something original. And I, I, like I said, this is one of those ones that I think totally worked out.
0: Oh yeah. It, it worked out perfectly. It's uh like I said, it was a, it's a fun track to listen to. Definitely different. And the tradition is totally there.
1: Yeah. It took me a minute to like really place. Like I was like, I, I had to go and like look up traditional Irish music because it's immediately <laughs> what my head went to. But I am friends with two Irish guys who are literally from Ireland and I've been on the podcast a few times, and I'm kind of like, I want to make sure I don't misspeak on this, because I would feel like a total jackass if I did.
0: <laughs> Understandable, man. Yeah.
1: All right, and the track we listened to after that was At the Milk Bar, which is another fun one. And I, like I said, I really dig the uh, the harpsichord that's in this one.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of old Renaissance music. You know, yeah, the early, you early 16th century.
1: It's just really this really cool, cool kind of just like, I don't know. I, I don't really know how else to describe it. Like I said, it's just kind of this like fun. Yeah, like you said, I think 16th century is just like a good way of putting it.
0: mm mm-hmm. Definitely old school. Um, it's a standalone instrument. You play rhythm and lead with it. It's it's pretty cool, and it's a uh, basically it's basically played in the way of a keyboard. Like it's it's cool because we used to have one actually. My mom used to have one. Oh. And it's like you play it like a keyboard. Well, there's some that you play like keyboards, and like it activate every time you hit a, a key. The key activates a row of levers, and that in turn triggers the mechanism that plucks one, one or more strings with the plectrum, which is a pick. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting how it works. and all, a lot of those old-school intr- instruments from you know way back in the day are just, mechanically, they're amazing. There's so much to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I've seen a harpsichord, and I'm just like, how this thing is like nutty looking.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're weird. You know there's, there's a lot of different variations of a harpsichord. But, you know, they all basically sound the same and they're just they're all fun to play. If you ever get a chance to play one, you know, they're really cool.
1: Oh, it would just it would just sound like instruments falling off the back of a truck if I try to play one. So
0: you'd be surprised. They're pretty easy to to play. Yeah, they're really easy to play. You don't really have to know anything about music to play one. You don't have to have a good ear. It really doesn't matter which key you hit. It just sounds cool and you, you can make a simple beat. That's usually what they're for. And then uh, you learn to incorporate leads over those simple like rhythms that you create.
2: Well,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, really cool. Anybody could play them.
2: Oh, well, shit, man.
1: Maybe maybe I should figure out a way to get a hold of one somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good I, uh, luck. yeah I, I don't know anyone that's got a harpsichord just laying around, but apparently uh, at one point you did. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know anybody that does. So.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's surprising because after the 18th century, they kind of like disappeared. Same with the piano a lot of that just kind of went under and in the 20th century that's when everything with the piano and the harpsichord actually got brought back into you know uh, circulation I guess so they do have new
1: versions of the instrument hmm. yeah just a matter of actually finding one cuz you know people yeah. want to sit down and play the guitar play the piano maybe the drums just for fun I don't think the harpsichord is one of those things where you're like oh yeah I want I want one of those that's totally my jam <laughs> yeah definitely yeah, I don't think it's what I don't think it's the forefront of anybody's mind when they're thinking like, hey, I want to pick up an instrument and play something.
0: <laughs> well, it, that's something I want to play.
1: <laughs> it's uh it, it's probably not the uh you know the the fifth guy in a band of like, hey I, this guy this guy does the vocals, this guy does the guitar, this guy does the drums, this guy does the bass guitar, and I play the harpsichord. <laughs> right.
0: Hey man, we need a harpsichord player.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like uh there's there's probably like a first call harpsichord guy like somewhere in, in the music industry. It's like there's like two people and they're like, you know, here, let's call this guy. Oh, he's unavailable? Well, there's only one other guy. I hope he's... Oh, he's dead. Oh, boy, that's not good. We're fucked.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're fucked.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's
1: a in- in really
0: interesting instrument, though.
1: Yeah, totally sounds like it. Like like I said, it, I can just totally picture, like, a Ren Fair going on while, while this is... Pretty
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: seriously. I really dig that. So, like I said, it, it's a weird instrument. I don't think really ever gets used in video game soundtracks, which is kind of... I don't want to say unfortunate, because it... I think overusing it would probably be like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. You dig this. Jesus, Louise.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because this is actually the first time I've ever heard it
1: in uh, an OSD. Yeah. I, I can't think of any anything else that's really ever used. I'm sure there's something in there somewhere along the lines. I mean, like I said, I've got you know literally hundreds of soundtracks, but it's just, this is the one that kind of stands out my mind now. Of Like, oh, that's a, that's a harpsichord. Okay. Well, that's a decision that they made. And I, 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 <laughs> I dig it. So. Alright, speaking of something I dig, we're going to move on to the Fortune Teller theme and Yuga's theme. Um, If you listen to the Game Club, you've got a good idea what I think about Yuga's theme. But the Fortune Teller theme, you might not know. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and play those for you and then come right back. All right, that first one was a little slight, but that was the fortune teller theme, and I really kind of dig it. It's one of those things that, no, you're not familiar with the original, but this is like one of those things that plays in the guessing game. I, I I'm thinking that's where I'm hearing this from, but it's something that was used from the Super Nintendo game, and it, like, I just really dig how they just kind of repeat that same loop over and over about halfway through, add in some like little like electronic tinkling. I guess is the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. I really dig the uh, subdued drum beat in the background, too. Yeah, definitely. has a unique sound. Uh,
0: to be honest, I wasn't really a fan of this track, but <laughs> it actually grew on me after listening to it a few times. It's just a wacky track, you know?
1: Yeah, it was one of those things, too. Like, the first time I heard it, I think I was kind of like, eh. It just didn't sit well, but I think the more I listened to it, I was like, man, I, I dig it. There's more going on here than it sounds like. Exactly. Perfectly said. <laughs> it's real simple, but there's there's... I don't want to say there's a lot of depth to it, but it's just like, you listen to it and it's like, oh, I appreciate what this guy did with this. This is kind of a cool thing. It's a nice throwback to the super Nintendo sounds and also incorporating, you know, more modern stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Like I said, it has a really unique sound. Yeah. Hell, unfortunately the next thing we're talking about also has a unique sound. And that is, <laughs> that is Yuga's theme. And boy, let me tell you, I am not a fan of bagpipes. Uh, neither am I. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> we're in the same boat here. Cause man, I, the more I think about it, I don't think I've ever heard a bagpipe and thought, oh, good. This is what I wanted.
0: Yeah, seriously, you know, it, it was an awful intro and it was just unnecessary.
1: Yeah, it was very grating. Not a good way to, uh, you know, throw this track into your ears. It's like, man, if they had did something maybe a little bit different than threw the bagpipe in, I might have been OK with it. But the fact that they like started it with the bagpipe and then basically didn't put the bagpipe back in at all. It's like, why? Why did this happen?
0: Yeah, the introduction to this track was just, like I said, it unnecessary. <laughs> but I, I honestly think it, this track really fits Yuga.
1: Yeah, it's a good feeling for for a villain, and like I said, I, I dig this one kind of, but it's a little forgettable, I think.
0: Uh, I, I agree, really forgettable, actually.
1: Yeah, there's not a strong like like metally to it. Yeah. It's unfortunate because like I said it's it's one that it's a theme that gets repeated throughout this game quite a bit and every time I see Yuga all I think of is annoying bagpipe which is kind of not great cuz Yuga's a decent villain a little uh, a little precocious we'll say but just the just that grating bagpipe thing and like I said if you like bagpipes great it's never been my thing cuz every time I I hear a bagpipe it's like just I don't know it it's just something like I, the sound of it hits my spine a certain way. I just don't, ugh, I don't like it.
0: Well, <laughs> what makes it even worse is it's an emulated bagpipe. Yeah. So it's just, just, ugh, ugh, I don't know. Don't like it.
1: Yeah, it's just, ugh, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it's it's one of those things that this isn't the strongest track in the, in the in the soundtrack because there's plenty of them in there that are more memorable, and this is it does a disservice to being a villain theme by having. You know, something grating at the beginning and then being largely forgettable <laughs> throughout after that, even if the rest of it's competent. Right.
0: It's just, ugh. like I said, awful intro. Awful.
1: Yeah. And I do wonder if you take the bagpipe out, if it would have felt a little bit better throughout. It's just like I said, that that intro, you just you start off doing something and it just kind of affects the way you hear the rest of it.
0: Yeah, you get hit with that weird first impression
1: because of the intro. Yeah, that wee 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 Mm hmm. It's, like, it just, it's just awful, man. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I mean, the version I just did was probably uh, maybe even a little less or maybe even a little more tolerable than the version in the game itself. <laughs> just barely, because what I just did and the backpipe itself are both pretty horrible. But anyway, <laughs> uh, let, let's move on to more positive things. The next two tracks we're going to be talking about are the Hyrule theme, two, and the Hyrule Castle battle theme. Man, if you uh, if you think I didn't have to look at that and read it word for word as uh, <laughs> as I was saying that because that is a that is a hell of a title name. But so let's go ahead and play those two, and we'll come back and talk about those. <laughs> All right, the first thing we got through there was the Hyrule theme too, which, you know, I'm gonna be honest, I completely forget exactly when this one hits. in uh, the thing I think it is when you get the Master Sword, so it's a little bit more triumphant, I, and it just got more of a sweeping feel to it. Man, this uh, this might be my favorite version of the Hyrule theme.
0: Yeah, I actually agree. That's um, I, I like it more than the Hyrule theme, the original, you know, the first one. Um, the violins had a really nice touch throughout the rhythm section. Mm-hmm. And that's what really caught my ear.
1: Yeah, I just I really it feels more full and a little bit more rich than the one that plays throughout most of the first part of the game, I guess, is the way to put that. It's I don't know, like I said, it just it's got a more sweeping and grandiose feel to it than the first iteration does.
0: Yeah, there seems to be more depth to this one and uh, it seems more polished to me. Which is nice.
1: Yeah. And it's weird because you don't really hear this one too, too much. This is one where, like I said, it, it feels like this is literally a few minutes and you're kind of out of this one because then you end up going to the low roll. You do bounce between the two of them a little bit, hmm. but it's it's one of those ones I feel like I didn't even really notice it originally, maybe, because, like I said, it just, it, I was listening to it and I was like, man, I don't remember when this happened, but I really dig this version. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like I said, I, I really like it because it just seems more polished and there's just so much more depth to it because of the instrumentation.
1: And following the Hyrule theme, too, was the Hyrule Castle battle theme. Again, had to say that slow and read it off as I was <laughs> doing that because, man, oh, man, that is a... I don't want to say it's hard to say, but its you can stumble over that one easily enough.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, and basically this happens after you get the Master Sword and you go into Hyrule Castle to go save Zelda, go after Yuga. It's got a great feel to it, and... I mentioned in the game club that when you are going through Hyrule Castle in a link between worlds, I feel like you are like so. I don't want to say overpowered, but you just feel like Link is just at the top of his game. You just feel like you are just going through and just whacking the shit out of everything and just killing everything left and right. You feel you feel empowered. I think for the first time in the game, and the music just really fits with this. I am not sure if you are too familiar with or, like, remember this part of the Link to the Past, but, you know, when you're going through Hyrule Castle to go stop Agnim, or Agnim, from, not killing Zelda, but, you know, capturing Zelda, or putting her in the crystal to unlock the seal to the Dark World, like, I always felt like that was a more tough assault. Like, you feel like you literally, you're, you're not gonna make it. Even with the Master Sword, it's a tough fight. Whereas this one, you feel like you're literally just, like, you know, running roughshod over everything in your way.
0: Yeah. You know, this is a, it's a very moving track. It, it forces you to feel strong and it definitely helps the gameplay and it just, it, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. I was really impressed with just like how, how good it feels to play this and listen to this. It, it, it's one of those instances <laughs> of like just a video game soundtrack doing exactly what it should be and complementing the gameplay at that moment. And this only appears this one time in this game and boy, it, it nails exactly what I feel it should be doing
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's a shame because uh you know the music should help gameplay it really should it should boost the way you feel it should uh it should attack you emotionally and i don't know just emotionally boost the game for you it could really change the outcome of the game as well Mm -hmm. and it's a shame because a lot of games don't do that you know they all have cool tracks but it's like the track most tracks don't move you the way this
1: track does yeah, this one definitely adds to that feel of just empowerment. And it's it's a great great track. And it honestly, it might be my favorite out of this whole thing if I'm thinking about it and I'm being honest, like I love love this thing. It's definitely one of those ones like I said every time I every time I listen to it, it makes me think back to that moment in that game. And I think that's the strongest thing you can do with it, with a soundtrack is it brings you back to certain moments in the game. Moving on to the next one, we're going to be talking, we're going to to break format here just a little bit and talk about one, because there's a reason why, and it is uh, facing Yuga in Hyrule Castle. Uh, Like I said, we're going to talk about, we're going to play this one, and we'll come back and talk about it, but there's going to be a little bit of a something in between there, and you'll see exactly why we're going to do it this way for this one. was Facing Yuga in Hyrule Castle so the reason why we're doing this is if you're one of those more astute listeners and you're familiar with video game music especially we'll say very popular video game music this one sounds very very similar almost beat for beat similar to something else
2: yeah
0: it's incredible I was a uh, I was very surprised after checking that out
1: I was listening to this and for some reason I kept thinking, like, I have heard this before and I can't figure out exactly where I heard this. If you were listening to this and were thinking, man, this sounds familiar, but I can't quite place it. I'm going to go ahead and give you a hint. Actually, no, I'm not going to give you a hint. I'm just going to play the, there's about a one minute buildup in the original track that this is, uh, we'll say, aping before (laughs) it gets to this exact part. So I'll go ahead and skip out that part, and we'll just get right to the part where you hear exactly, almost beat for beat, note for note, where this One Wigged Angel from Final Fantasy VII. I don't know how the hell Nakamatsu thought no one was going to catch this. but Well, he was right. Uh, Nobody caught it. It It's yeah.
0: right past everybody.
1: Yeah, I, well, my like, I just don't know how he did, like, so much original stuff in this. And then, like, he thought, like, the world in general <laughs> wouldn't catch this.
0: A complete ripoff.
1: I mean, like, normally I'm like, I... I, I I can see inspiration from something else. That's fine. I, you know, there's only so many notes, so many keys, so many tempos you can do, you know, things are going to sound similar at some point. It's fine. This is like literally just the same thing and the same idea, even just the chanting of the name. It's like, what what were you doing, man?
0: Yeah. It's note for no, man. It's ridiculous. Like I said, I was so surprised. I did not expect it to be, you know, that similar.
1: Yeah. The like there's that on. there's that whole thing of um, um, I'm trying to remember what the uh, Joe Satriani song title is, but there it was very similar to a Coldplay song,
0: hmm.
1: and there was a lawsuit, and if I'm remembering right, it got settled out of court. Um, at, after after we were finished recording, I'll I'll send you the links to both of those songs because. That was kind of how I got introduced to Satriani. I was like, "Oh, hey!" I was like, "This, tr- this is this is catchy. I like this." That I heard the the Coldplay song. I was like, uh, uh, "Oh, oh, huh. that's pretty blatant." But this is even more blatant than that. I mean, this is like note for note, beat for beats, uh, instrument for instrument, if you will. Yeah, pretty thing. much.
2: It's
0: ridiculous. And,
1: yeah, and the uh, and the and the chanting is actually Nagamatsu himself too. So it's like, dude, come on, man, you knows what you were doing. <laughs> Maybe he was like dicking around. That's the only. This is the only thing I could think of, and I'm just kind of going like, you know, like off the top of my head, is he was dicking around, and then he was like, you know, maybe I could jokingly put like this thing here of as a nod to like one wicked angel. And then he starts recording himself doing the voice, and he's like, yeah, the hell with it, I'll just go for it.
0: <laughs> you know, that totally makes sense. I could see that happening. It, I could see that being the reason why he did it.
1: I I hope he did it kind of as like a joke and not like, I don't think anyone's gonna catch <sighs> this. Well, you
0: know, either way, it came out. So he managed to slip it under the carpet and pull back out. And yeah, I just it's been released.
1: Man, yeah, I could understand like aping somebody's stuff who isn't as well known or a music track that isn't nearly as iconic. But man, "One Winged Angel" is like the most popular song from Final Fantasy seven. It's like, dude, dude, come on, man.
0: <laughs> and you know, maybe that's why he did it because it was such a popular, you know, song. And uh, who who knows? Who really knows why he did
1: it? Yeah, I mean, I understand like doing the doing the Zelda stuff because like, you know, you're you're iterating on on a series that you're, you know, making music for. But right. this, this is yeah, an entirely this, different company, an entirely different series.
0: Yeah, this was uh this was definitely something else. Did not expect it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, when I when I made the connection finally, I was like, oh, I bet you, I bet you it's like maybe tenuous and it's just like, I'm hearing it. I'm like, oh, no, 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 that is note for note, the same fucking song. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because before I heard the Final Fantasy version, the original, um, I was thinking to myself, man, this should have been Yuga's theme. You know? <laughs> I, get, I could totally see Yuga uh, trapping people in paintings to this one. And then to find out, oh, it's not even, uh, it's not even from The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. It's uh, a complete ripoff. Hmm. Wow. Well, I've got to say, I dig the Final Fantasy version a lot more. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like, oh, gee, I wonder why this sounds like a good villain theme. Oh, that's right, because it was a villain theme from 15 years before this. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky little bastard, isn't he? Anyway, um, okay, let's go ahead and move on from this one, because I, I, I think this is the one we've discussed the most, just because it's just such a blatant ripoff. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the next two things we're going to be listening to are Princess Hilda appears and Street Pass Battle theme. That first one was Princess Hilda appears, and Princess Hilda is the... I guess I'll explain this real quick to you, since you're not familiar. Um, You know, in Link to the Past, there's the light world and the dark world. Right. In A Link Between Worlds, there's Hyrule and the, we'll say cleverly named Low Rule. And the... Basically, it's just a mirror image of Hyrule, but a little bit darker, we'll say. And Hilda is the princess in this one, instead of Zelda. OK, so, so it's basically a, little, a parallel yeah. world to Hyrule. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. It's kind of it, it, it's a neat concept. If the name Low rolls a little dumb.
0: Uh, I think it's clever.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't I don't like the high and low. I'm like, oh, come on, guys, really? Like, <laughs> you have to do it so on the fucking nose. <laughs> <laughs> Her theme, I really appreciate what it does. It's very it's got a very like melancholy feel to it. And it's a nice contrast to the sound of Princess Zelda's theme.
0: Mm hmm. Now that I know about Princess Hilda and, you know, her world, her mirrored world, I think, uh, I think this track is flawless because it's something you wouldn't, ex- you wouldn't expect anything else from a mirrored world. You know, it's, it's almost, it's similar, but it's not the same,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, which was interesting.
1: Yeah. It gives out the same vibe, but it's definitely like a little bit more sad feeling. Yeah. There's a dark touch to it. Yeah. I, I, I really dig this one. Um, Hilda as a character, eh, kind of okay with her. She's not great, but her theme is just wonderful, and I really appreciate Nagamatsu, whatever this was that he did. Uh, Hopefully this is an original track, and he didn't just rip off something Hmm. else that we're not aware of. No joke. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure most of this stuff, because most of this stuff, like, I don't even get a vibe from anything else as far as, like, his original compositions in this, but, yeah, it's just that one. It it, it really kind of... Maybe he'll turn on a lot of stuff like, okay, now I got to go back and listen <laughs> to this stuff and make sure that he's not ripping somebody else off.
0: Oh, uh, which game is this one from?
1: Yeah. It's like, Oh, where'd you, where'd you, where'd you get the idea from this? Huh? Inspiration, my ass.
0: <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Knowing that this was a, uh, it's clever because like, like he just said, a uh, low roll is basically a mirrored version of high roll, just a little bit darker. Um, I think that's really clever. And I think the music was composed cleverly because it, like I said, it's almost the same, but it's like, it just has a different feel to it.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate like, cause there's harp in the Zelda theme and there's harp in this one. And it, the way they approach their use in this, I really like, like I said, it just the melancholy feel to it. I really dig it.
0: Yeah. Just a different direction.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, I, I guess he technically did rip off this one, but uh, this is totally justifiable. But the street pass battle theme is the temple slash palace theme from Zelda two. So, I'm perfectly okay with this one uh, being ripped off. So,
2: <laughs>
1: it's the same series, same company. That, that's fine.
0: Yeah, not a big deal. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, this, I absolutely love this theme. And as far as I know, it has never been used in another Zelda game of Zelda 2. So, I really appreciate that Nagamatsu went and took something that's incredibly catchy from Zelda 2, sort of the stepchild. The redheaded stepchild of the series, and brought it to this game.
0: Yeah, you know, I I really enjoyed the little swing to this track. It's a it's a nice kicking track, and it seems to be a great track for I guess a Street Pass battle, which would be a Street Pass battle.
1: I'm gonna be gonna be honest because Street Pass is something you sort of you know you need to like pass by other people with your 3ds. Um, I never got to do that with this one, so I never mm-hmm. heard this while I was actually playing the game. So I didn't know this track was in here oh okay yeah it was one of those things like i never actually got to experience in the game and i'm I'm kind of okay with it because it's like it's not something i was like oh man i really feel like i missed out on something great in this game but outside of this track like it it just feels like this was sort of the one takeaway like oh man i really wish i had gotten to do that a little bit just to gotten the surprise of like oh hey that's that's from zelda too. that's awesome
0: right yeah just uh the memory behind it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah give it something like 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 i said i really appreciate that he brought something up from a series that's always kind of looked at as like not the worst but a lot of people just look at it like and i don't like that one you know it's, it's kind of nice to bring something up from that
0: yeah definitely
1: all right and the next two tracks we're going to be listening to are the low rule theme and in the desert palace All right, that first one we listened to was the Low Rule theme, and that is a remix of the Dark World theme from A Link to the Past, and we've, we, you and I have talked about this. I am a absolute sucker for Falcom Sound Team, and a lot of it just because it's a lot of like, kind of like rock music with a violin mixed in, and I'm always a sucker for a violin sort of taking like the forefront of a track, and that's exactly what this did, and it made me immediately latch onto this thing like nobody's business.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the leads were excellent, and uh, you know the song has a very nice structure to it. And once again, perfect track for what is essentially a dark mirror of Hyrule. I think it works perfectly.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great theme. If you should ever get a chance, like go back and listen to the Dark World theme from A Link to the Past, and then listen to this. It is a really cool theme. It might be like one of my favorite pieces of Zelda music that isn't like the Hyrule Overworld theme. It's just a really great track.
0: Hmm. Oh well, yeah, I'll have to do that
1: definitely. It is. Um, I would say probably one of the more popular uh, remixes on, like, OC Remix. I even think I threw one in there in the a Link to the Past game club we did a few months back. Maybe, yeah, it's been quite a few months. But, yeah, I think I threw one of the remixes that I've had on my multiple hard drives across multiple computers. It's just one that I've, <laughs> I've kept transferring over time after time just because I really dig that remix. So, <clears throat> wow. And the track after that was In the Desert Palace. I really dig this one just because... The feel it gives, it really does give you a good vibe of, you know, wanting to say this a little bit more eloquently, but being in a desert palace, basically. The instrumentation of it, the chanting, it gives a really, really good like Middle East theme to it.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, I thought it was amazing how a little bit of percussion you should could drastically change the sound of something. You take away that and the track totally transforms in, into something else with a different feel. They totally nailed the, the setting.
1: My only real complaint about this one is that I wish there was more to it. It's a little short, a little slight, and it loops pretty quickly and just sort of repeats. I appreciate that it's for a section of the game. You're not in a terribly long time, but it just feels like, I wanted Agabatu to do a little bit more with this, lengthen it out a little bit.
0: Yeah, I understand. There could have been a little bit more added to it, but I, I still think it's a, it's a decent track. Like I said, they nailed it for what they were going for. The setting was perfect. So the structure of the song was, was good, but like you said, they could have added a little bit more, something else to it.
1: Yeah, I just wish it was a little bit more. Uh, I, I wish it was a little bit lengthier. I I don't need, I, I need them to like, pump it up a little bit. I, I guess in this case, I would have preferred length over girth in this.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, if you will, uh, <laughs> I wish I come up I'm with sure a better analogy, would, huh? but
1: there we are. So no,
0: we know what Jason likes. Hey,
1: eh, you know, whatever. you Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> take what you get buddy anyway so that was in the desert palace so the next two tracks we're going to be playing are ice ruins and skull woods <laughs> All right. That first one there was ice ruins. And I think there's going to be a theme here. I really like ice music, basically, if that makes a lick of sense, because we really kind of latch on to the chill penguins, say for uh, I think there was something in there I didn't like that. I don't remember now <laughs> in the uh, Maverick Hunter X episode. It, this one really does give that that I think you put it best like that, that glimmering ice feel.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because it doesn't really matter what game you play. Like ice and snow stages always stand; they they stand out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, I've always liked the sounds that are produced with, with an harmonica. So, like this just nailed it. You know, mainly glass, ma- mainly a glass harmonica. That is just beautiful sounds. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like I had to look up what the instrument was because it's like I, like it's that sound that sounds like the um, what is it like the water in glasses or whatever. And but I was like, mm-hmm. I knew there was an actual instrument to that. And then the Water and Glasses was just replicating that. And then I just looked it up and I was like, oh, that's right. A glass harmonica. That's what it is. And I really dig that. The chimes throughout of it. Like I said, it just really sells that ice thing to it. And my, I don't want to say like, I think maybe the big selling point for an ice thing is like, it has to be pretty high pitched.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I've noticed like with, like, like I said before, ice and snow stages, how they stand out. Well they kind of remind me of water stages cause water stages on like uh let's say Donkey Kong, for example, it's mm-hmm. ex- extremely different. That's that. that's one track that is completely different than every other track in the game. And uh, they, they all have like that ambient sound to
1: them. Yeah. They definitely have their own unique vibe. Like they often will stand out completely from the rest of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And this one was no exception. It definitely does stand out. And I, like I said, I, I really dig this one too. So I'm I, I think one of these days you and I are just going to have to go through and just make a list of Ice Stage things that we just like.
0: That is a great idea. So, That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, kind of like a winter thing. Maybe we'll do that like next winter when uh, the holidays start rolling around. It gives right. us a year to compile everything.
0: Just give us a year, people.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. So, um, And then following that was, um, let's say, completely different vibe was the Skullwoods theme. Um, I really dig the instrumentation in this. There's a xylophone, there's like frantic, but slightly subdued strings and a piano that goes like scales from very high notes to very low notes. And it just really adds to that feel of just like you being in a very creepy segment of the game.
0: Yeah, the piano really adds some dark color to it. It's just it's just a creepy track. Very creepy. Structure is really cool. Really cool structure um, composed really well.
1: Yeah, I totally dig like how... Like how much of this like feels like it could be in a very tense, like horror game, basically. Right. Yeah, it's uh that's the feeling I got from it. And uh and I'm I'm
0: sure that's exactly what they were going for. They nailed it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool like how they manage that. I don't know. It, it it's sort of one of those things of like it definitely feels a little out of place in a Zelda game.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um it's not it's really not my favorite track. I think they just for what they were going for, I think they, they hit it on the, the head. Yeah. Yeah, I dig it, so.
1: Um, We'll go ahead and move on from the Skullwoods theme, and we're going to be listening to, actually, uh, the final two tracks of this one that we're going to be talking about tonight, or today, or whatever this is. Whenever you're listening to this, maybe. Check local listings, whatever. Um, We're going to be listening to Low Rule Castle, and the last one is a two-parter, basically. Uh, This is another one of those that I feel like you have to sort of combine them because they match up pretty well with each other. uh, Is Facing Ganon, and then Final Showdown with Ganon. First thing we listened to there was Lulu Castle, and I feel like this was a really good one. It was a little long, but they kept throwing in new elements throughout the whole thing, and I think that's what kept it from feeling a little stale. Where I think, like I said, we mentioned on the, um, the in the Desert Palace one, it was a really short loop, and it was interesting, but it just didn't. There's was just not, wasn't enough to it. Where this, it feels like, oh hey, God, it's like they're just looping this again, and then they add something in the next go round, And it's like, Oh, okay. They're constantly adding something to this and then taking it out for the next go round of it. It's like, okay, I really appreciate that. So maybe that's something they could have done with that uh, in the desert palace one. But this one, I really feel like they did a great job of keeping this like pretty fresh throughout.
0: Yeah. I think they did pretty well with it, but if, if it were me composing this, I'd, uh, I totally take what was in almost eight minutes of this track and, pretty much cram it into maybe three or four minutes. And I'd say you'd have a winner. It's just, it's a really slow going song, but it's not, it just, it's kind of weird. It's just, it's too long. It's just too long.
1: It's in a weird space just because it is the last dungeon that you're in. So I feel like, and it it is a very long dungeon to get through too. So I do feel like, you know, Nakamatsu wanted to stretch this out a little bit. And I, I don't know, like I said, I, I appreciate what, what he did, but I also agree with you, I do feel like it is a little too long. It's it's this weird balancing act of, it still has to be repeatable, but at the same time, he wanted to keep it a little fresh. So I think he was trying to mix the like strong medleys of older game music that you know you can't repeat on a loop because they're catchy. And I think he did that and tried to throw in new elements too to keep it kind of fresh as it cycled through. So you're not like, okay, here's the loop, here's the loop, here's the loop every you know, 30, 45 seconds or whatever.
0: Right. Well, now that I know where it takes place, I mean, that's, uh, it makes more sense now. It's still a little long, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I can, like I said, I totally see where you're coming from on that. And like I said, it's a weird balancing act where I feel like he did a pretty good job with it. But at the same time, like, yeah, I do wish maybe it was a little bit more, a little bit more catchy, I suppose. So it would have been a little bit more loopable.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's, that's perfectly said.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting song. It's just, like I said, it just seems to... It, it goes a little bit longer than it feels like it should, even if he is throwing in the elements to it, kind of throughout to sprinkle in something new in each, like, you know, 45-second loop or so. All right. All right, and the last track we're going to be talking about this episode is Facing Ganon and Final Showdown with Ganon. As far as Facing Ganon goes, the the track, not actually Facing Ganon, I really, really love how, like, desperate and tough of a fight this feels like you're going to be in.
0: Yeah, Definitely. I can almost see the battle between Link and Ganon unfolding in my head. You know, like the track is just back and forth. It's like a phenomenal showdown track.
1: If you're familiar with A Link to the Past, this is basically a remix of sorts of the showdown or the final battle with Ganon in, from that one. It's a little different. I wouldn't say a little. It's quite a bit different. But there's this is more of a nod to it than an actual like, oh, hey, here's the same song just with a little bit more depth to it.
0: Yeah, and that depth really adds to it. It's polished, you know.
1: Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely dig this one. And the second part of that one is the final showdown with Ganon. There's another piece to it in between, but it, I, it doesn't really blend very well. And it also takes place in a certain. There's a certain thing that happens in between these two pieces that sort of kills the tempo of that. And I think keeping the tempo of these two songs together worked better for our discussion. It works well in the game, but for our discussion, I think this works better as as this is, so.
0: Definitely two in the same hand.
1: What I really like about this one is it r- really feels almost triumphant. It feels like Link kind of overcame something and has turned the tables on Ganon. Like I said, about halfway through that even, it changes again, and it's like another heel turn where all of a sudden you feel like you're on your toes again. Like, oh shit, this is happening. Oh, damn it, damn it, this is not going to work.
0: And it's funny because, like, uh, the reason why I say they're these tracks are two of the same hand is because it really feels like it's back and forth throughout both tracks, but especially the final showdown again. And it's just, you know, one minute you seem, you feel like you're, you're winning the battle and then it just tables turn when it comes to the music.
1: Yeah. What I really like about it is this does throw in, and this maybe goes against what I said about it not being, it not being particularly memorable, but this throws in a little bit of Yuga's theme at the end of this, and I really appreciate that it does it without the bagpipes or the chanting of one winged angel. So,
0: yeah, they did really well with this
1: one. Yeah, I really appreciate like the mix in this one. It's 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 a pretty catchy little thing. So, um, like I said, as far as that goes, it's a really great like just final showdown thing with Ganon. This whole the, these two pieces combined just really give a good sense of like push and pull between Link and Ganon, and who's winning and who's losing and who's you know, and tables turning and it feels like, you know, you're doing good and then all of a sudden you're not. And then there's that moment of triumph of like, oh, hey, no, everything's going right. And then it does another heel turn of like,
2: mm,
0: maybe not. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I, I think they're both phenomenal. It's just like back and forth. Like you said, uh, tug of war, you know, tables turned.
1: Yeah. And ultimately, like, I feel like this might, this is a good way to, for us to close out our discussion, but also I feel like this was a good way for Nagamatsu to kind of go out with a semblance of, Hinting to the past, you know, paying homage to the to past music in the series, and also incorporating his own unique stuff.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you.
1: So, with that, that will wrap up our discussion here with uh, Link Between Worlds. As far as our next episode goes, we decided what we're going to be doing from now on is teasing you with it. So, if you've got some familiarity with, with uh, video game music, you might recognize it, you might not. These two games that we're going to be talking about on the next one... Well, I ruined that, we're talking about two games, but... Uh, <laughs> The two games we're going to be talking about in the next episode are not incredibly well known, but they've got great soundtracks and they were done by the same composer. So I'll give you those hints. So if you can track down who did those, you'll know what we're talking about. But we'll close that out or we'll close the episode out with something from one of those two games that we're going to be covering in the next episode. As far as plugs and everything goes, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Ariola, and Dominic, we can get you at Dominant Shred, correct? Dominant Shred. All right. And you can get the podcast at podcast, that's Rowyco Podcast. That's uh, R O W Y C O Podcast. You can get the you can get to the website that this podcast is uh, hosted off of, and also I run that is at Games and Junk on Twitter. We've also got another couple podcasts we do over there: Game Club, Multimedia Failure, which is a chronological viewing of video game movies, which is. Um, Let's just say the episode I recorded yesterday with the crew over there was a uh, was a very trying episode. So, has nothing to do with the people I recorded with. It has to do with the content. <laughs> the episode we did was was rough. Uh, you'll if you're listening to that too, you'll hear that in a few weeks. So keep an eye out for us. We are every other week. So every two weeks, you will hear us on the opposite week of us. There is multimedia failure, which is that movie podcast I just mentioned. So. There's always something podcast-wise coming out from us, so yeah. Um, If there's any ideas you guys have that you might want to hear Dominic and I cover, we're always open to ideas, so you can hit us up on Twitter. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at podcast at gamesandjunk.net. And other than that, I don't think I have anything else to plug. Uh, Dominic, do you have anything you'd like to plug? No, not at all. That was it. All right, man. Well, thanks for listening, and we will talk at you guys next time.